Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Friday edition of the program underway. Lots to get to. Everything gets started tonight with high school football, a regional championship game at New Albany. Of course, Saturday afternoon, IU football hosts Rutgers. And we can't forget about IU basketball. Game two of the Mike Woodson era tonight as the Hoosiers host Northern Illinois, who, again, was a winner earlier in the week when they played a high major team playing out in Washington. Uh, They beat Washington. So a lot of uh, sports going on this weekend. Very busy time. Lots of fun as well and plenty to get to here in this hour as we wrap up a week of programs here on the Big X. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one, we have New Albany football coach Steve Cooley. He'll join us in just a few moments as the Bulldogs prepare to host Bloomington South tonight. Uh, That actually, South was game one of the season for the Bulldogs going all the way back to late August in the very start of the high school football season. So uh, it was a Bloomington South win, 50-20, to and we'll see tonight here in the postseason if New Albany could find a way to pull the upset at home. So Coach Cooley with us here in just a few minutes. Also, later in the show, Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He always stops by on Fridays. We'll get you ready for IU football, but also IU basketball tonight against Northern Illinois. And then later in the hour, To wrap up the week, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star will be our guest, and we'll talk some basketball and a little recruiting with Kyle when he joins the program today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And as always, to begin the program, a reminder, the Thornton's text line is open. We encourage you to send your questions, your comments, your thoughts, whether it's something local or IU football, your disappointment there perhaps, IU basketball, lots of excitement to start the season. The number is 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. And don't forget, Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and their delicious donuts. Let's go right to the phone line because Steve Cooley, the head coach of New Albany, is with us as he prepares the Bulldogs to take on Bloomington South tonight. Coach, it's going to be a rematch going all the way back to week one of the season back in the summer where you got an up-close and personal look at Bloomington South, a very quality 5A football team this season, and there'll be a big challenge for you tonight as they come into Burke Field. Hey, we're excited. Yeah, we played them, and uh, we, we didn't have the gang all together when we played them game one, but we were still competitive for about two and a half quarters. But, 
you know, we expect a better outcome tonight, better showing, and uh, our kids are ready to go. They're a really good football team. We're going to play really well to win, but, uh, you know, we're as ready as we can be. How fun has this week been for your players and your coaches and, of course, yourself to prepare for a big regional championship game? That's something that doesn't happen on a regular basis for most teams in the area, and to get a chance to have another week of football I'm sure has been very exciting. Yeah, it's it's been great. I mean, the community support has been great. We've been getting, you know, emails, phone calls, texts. You know, I got a card right here on my desk from somebody who graduated the class of 1956, wrote a card about the history of New Albany and wishing our kids the best of luck. Uh, you know, we had Outback and Texas Roadhouse steak for dinner last night, and uh, people in the community, you know, give a shout-out to them that, you know, they helped sponsor our team meal this week. And, you know, we've got a lot of people wanting to help right now. So uh, that's the exciting part of it. But, you know, the kids can't lose focus of what got them here and why they're here. You know, they're here to win the football game. And uh, we're going to play as well as we can. And if we're the best team, then uh, we'll be holding the trophy up at the end of the night. And if Bloomington South's the best team, then, you know, my hat's off to them. But we're going to do everything we can to win the game. Steve Cooley, New Albany football coach, my guest. I guess another motivational factor you've got for tonight is win, lose, or draw. This is the last home game for this group of seniors who's meant so much to this football program. Yeah, and, and it was it was kind of sad talking to them a little bit last night for me, you know, because they don't get to play in front of their home crowd anymore. That's it. We're on the road next week, and, and that's it. It's just they've played so long and done so well. You, know, you play 12 games, you know, the season ends. It's going to end somewhere, one way or the other. So, uh uh, for us, it's, uh, you know, we, we look to have a good, you know, home crowd tonight. You know, we've got great community support. Our student section has been phenomenal this whole year. And so, uh, you know, I think they'll be rocking tonight cheering our kids on. I tell you what, the home crowd last Friday night uh, may have helped pull you through. Let's go back and revisit that Seymour sectional championship win at Burke Field last week. That was an absolute thriller. Seymour uh, had the advantage. New Albany able to punch one across late. Of course, two-point conversion as well for the victory. Uh, what an environment that was for a thrilling finish set up that way. Yeah, it was great. Our kids didn't panic. You know, we uh, we had to burn had to burn the timeouts to get the ball back. You know, and then you know we held them on third down, and we get an interception, and then you know we had a couple minutes to go, and uh, you know we had no timeouts and. Uh, so we tried to run things to the boundary and get guys out of bounds and run it here and get out of bounds and throw it across the field out of bounds, you know. And uh, we executed it, you know, got down to under 10 seconds. And, you know, we, we called a little play that we've been pretty good at. And Keandre leaked out the flat and, you know, they jumped the flat and they jumped the corner out and he was wide open. And Darrell made a great play. I mean, that's what great players do in, in big games. So, Steve Cooley, head New Albany football coach, my guest. New Albany will host Bloomington South. It's a one-game regional championship. Kickoff at Burkefield is slated for 7 o'clock. I understand there are still tickets available. Tickets uh, for this round of the postseason, the IHSA has them set at $8 a ticket. So if you want to get out and watch the uh, big football game tonight at New Albany High School, that's the situation. Coach, what, what would you say the identity of this team is after a very successful season so far, an eight and three record, a Hoosier Hills Conference championship, and now some success in the postseason, what's been the key identity of this ball club so far? Well, right now, I think we've been resilient. I think for us, it's one of those things that we've, uh, you know, we've been up, we've been down, we've been behind. I mean, we've played good competition. Part of the reason we wanted to play good competition early is we knew we had a chance to be pretty good. So. And when you play good teams like the Castles and the Bloomington South, they expose your weaknesses. So that gives you things to work on, you know, throughout the season when you play some of the other teams on your schedule so that you can get better. So, uh, 
you know, even though we lost a couple of those games, or I mean, playing against Gibson Southern, one of the top quarterbacks in the country, that makes us better, you know. And so uh, it's one of those things that uh, our kids are focused right now, and uh, we had a great practice yesterday, and uh, and we're ready to play football, and we'll see what happens. And uh, you know, like I told them all week long, hey, hey, we don't have to play Bloomington South every week. We only got to be better than them one night, and that's tonight, and uh, and that's our goal. So. Coach, I had a chance to take in the game up close and personal last Friday from the end zone or just outside of the end zone. Was really impressed with Darrell Simmons. I've had a chance to see him progress over his career, and you've sure bragged on him this season when you've joined us here on this program. But very cool, calm, and collected, I thought, even in some tough moments of that ball game. He's had quite a senior year leading things for you at the QB position. Yeah, he's come so far since his freshman year, and I love the kid. He's worked really hard in the off season and understands the game. And you know, we just got done meeting a little bit ago about some things, and you know, he plays some defense for us as well. And you know, he knows where to go with the ball. He knows what Wilmington South's going to do. We've already played him. He knows what's good, what's bad, the decisions he has to make, and he just has to go out and run the show. And uh, when he gets an opportunity to run the ball, run the ball. And uh, you know, he doesn't really run the ball enough for me sometimes. You know, I wish he'd run the ball a little bit more, but you know. When you run an RPO system at times and some zone read stuff and it keeps it, you know, you, you put the ball in the kids' hands and, and let them do some things. So uh, um, he's uh, he's been a great team player, and uh, when we need to throw it, he throws it. When we need to run it, he'll run it or hand it off. And, uh, you know, it's nice having Keandre back. He'll be close to 100% this week finally and uh, Miles back as well. So uh, it'll, it'll be, you know, having two good running backs back there, plus, you know, Darrell carrying the ball is going to be huge for us. Yeah, no question. Steve Cooley, New Albany. Coach, our guest, getting ready for a regional championship. Coach, before we let you go, let's talk a little bit about Bloomington South. I think IU fans that listen to the program uh, will recognize the McCullough brothers, their father uh, on the coaching staff for Tom Allen at IU. Uh, Both of those brothers, two key cogs for this South team, but they are a very quality ball club. Give us a thumbnail sketch of the Panthers coming to town tonight. Well, I mean, they're solid. You know, I think they've only given up, you know, a couple touchdowns, you know, more than 20 points, like once or twice the whole year. I mean, they're averaging, you know, under three scores a game. So, I mean, we're going to have to score 28 to try to, you know, to win this thing for us. I mean, we've got to find a way to manufacture four touchdowns against a really good defense. So, uh, and we scored 20 last time without a lot of weapons. But, uh, you know, I I think uh, they're really solid. They're big up front. They're bigger than we are on both sides of the ball up front. You know, they've got uh, they've got two talented quarterbacks that played last week for them. They've got really good receivers. You know, when they put number one, they sign out at McCullough out at wide out. You know, he plays special teams. He kickoff return. He's on kickoff. You know, he's all over the place there. And, you know, that guy's 6'4", 230, and that runs 4'4". You can't miss him. He's one of the top players in the country. So, uh, you know, we've already played him, and, you know, they had a pretty good game plan the first time around. So, you know, we're going to see if they do the same thing or if they got something different. And, uh, you know, we think we've got some pretty good answers from, you know, uh, from a lot of college friends of mine on, you know, what we want to do tonight. So, we'll, uh, you know, we're going to line up and play, and I think it'll be an exciting night for football. And we have decent weather. Rain will hold off this afternoon. And, uh, you know, we're excited. But, you know, South's defense is talented. They're solid in the kicking game, and uh, and their offense is uh, they're big up front. They run the zone play, you know, split zone. The quarterbacks carried the ball the last two weeks more than he did all nine games. You know, we have the whole season on them broke down, and uh, the quarterback hadn't carried the ball much, but uh, against Castle he did, against Wilmington North, both those kids did. So, uh, you know, you'll see more quarterback runs. So we worked hard on that this week, just them trying to, you know, keep the quarterback keeping the ball. But uh, he's got talented receivers on the outside. They've got weapons everywhere. They're a well-coached football team. Gabe's done a nice job this year with his kids. 
That's Coach Cooley of New Albany football. Coach, obviously, uh, been fun to follow here these follow you guys here these last few weeks. Best of luck tonight in a big regional championship game. Thank you very much, and uh, go dogs! And thank you for all you guys do for high school football here in Southern Indiana. Absolutely, Coach Cooley of New Albany, always kind enough to join us, even on a big regional game day for New Albany. And let's go to the Thornton's text line. Brian Sullivan sends this in. This to me is amazing. Uh, according to his uh, records here, and he's looked this up for me, uh, he says that uh, New Albany, Jeffersonville, or Floyd Central, none of those schools has ever won a regional championship since the IHSA started the football tournament, since they began sanctioning the high school football tournament in our state. So tonight could be a first for a local bigger school if New Albany can find a way to beat Bloomington South. But that is, I think, a very interesting factoid. Think about all of the regional championships and state championships and postseason success in so many different sports. Uh, But none of the three big dogs as far as enrollment go in our area have won a regional championship since the tournament has been sanctioned by the IHSA. Also, uh, Brian notes that a win tonight by New Albany would give this team a tie for the third highest win total uh, in program history. Uh, New Albany currently at 8-3. and three. A victory would send them to 9-3 and three on the season and, of course, most importantly, send them to a berth in a one-game semi-state the following Saturday. So some interesting facts there on local football and the Bulldogs. Thanks to Brian for sending that in to us on the Thornton's text line. All right, uh, also, I want to bring this up in the first segment as well. I've had a lot of questions about this on and off air. Uh, IU Northern Illinois tonight. It is going to be a tough game to find on television. It is the only game on the IU schedule that is not on the Big Ten Network or some sort of ESPN family or Fox family of channels all season long. It's on Big Ten Plus, Big Ten Network Plus, and that is a uh, a deal you've got to add on for nine ninety five a month. You pick what team you want access to, so you would need to pick uh, Indiana, and you would need to pay the nine ninety five. That's a reoccurring fee unless you cancel it after the game tonight. So, for those of you that are planning to watch the Northern Illinois game and say, "What is this Big Ten Plus, Matt?" It's an additional subscription. So you're either going to have to subscribe because you're not going to find it on the Big Ten Network channel when you scroll through your local TV listings on whatever uh, streaming or uh, TV setup you have. So I wanted to put that out there. The good news is uh, the voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, uh, will have the call here on the Big X. Tip-off in the game tonight is at 7 o'clock, and the pregame coverage begins at 6 o'clock. I do understand though some of you said, hey, what happened to pregame the other night? We will have the pregame, I'm told, by our pro- producer, and so that means you get to hear from Coach Woodson before the games with Fish, and that's normally a chance to hear about any injury updates and to get a starting lineup and those kind of things as well. And I'm also told that after the game, we'll get back in this season to having assembly call, which is a great IU postgame show. Jared Morris and that crew does a wonderful job. It's always how I wrap up an IU game, getting ready for the show if it's a weeknight the next morning. So lots of IU coverage ahead tonight. Uh, here on the Big X. That is just a thought. And also uh, thinking ahead to 
the Big Ten Network subscription, 995 IU Center release out yesterday that if you do get that subscription or you have access to it, uh, they've worked it out where Don Fisher it will be synced up with the television broadcast. So if you are going to splurge for that extra subscription for this one game, uh, you will be able to hear Fish. They say it's going to be synced up with the TV uh, version, which will be nice. There's no better way to take in an IU basketball game than uh, hearing it called by, I think, the, and I think I know many of you agree, the legendary voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher. So I wanted to pass that along here right out of the gate. I've had a lot of questions about how to watch that IU basketball game tonight. All right, we'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. And with Dylan, we'll talk IU Northern Illinois. This could be a challenge for the Hoosiers after Northern Illinois recorded a road win over Washington earlier this week. We'll discuss that and some of the key points for tonight's game, what we're still looking for and at early, very early in this college basketball season under Mike Woodson. We'll discuss that. And we'll, we'll bring up, we'll mention at least, the IU Rutgers football game on Saturday I just don't sense a lot of interest in the football program right now with the way the season has gone and now that basketball season is in full swing. But we'll preview the game briefly as well. And still ahead, Kyle Nedrip of the Indianapolis Star will join also. Stay with us. It's a Friday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Friday program. Dylan Wallace, he's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is my guest. And don't forget the Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. You can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. All right, uh, Dylan, basketball season is here. IU getting ready for Northern Illinois tonight. There are some real key things, I think, to watch about rotations and offense and defense in some of these very early season games. But before we can get into that, this Northern Illinois team went to Washington, a high major Pac-12 program on the road, and won Tuesday night. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit of an interesting test, you know. Um, you know, It shouldn't be a game that Indiana – certainly loses but when you just look at um you know what northern illinois did um you know this non-conference schedule is just not as kind of a walkthrough as maybe people are used to when i know the tom Crean era he would sort of find the kind of real bottom of the barrel teams you know but mike woodson you know they found some some max schools some decent schools to uh that, that that the teams will at least feature some you know some athleticism some pretty good players here and there so um it's a nice test for Indiana to kind of get their feet wet and learn how to play with each other and I think we saw that on uh, on Tuesday night when, you know, they, they kind of got out to a good start. The defense was rolling, but things just kind of slipped away a bit for them. And, you know, maybe they weren't as intense. And Eastern Michigan was able to kind of crawl their way back into the game. And, you know, luckily Indiana was able to make enough plays to, to come out on top. But, yeah, you look at when Northern Illinois was able to beat Washington, and uh, now you're like, oh, wow, man, this might be a little bit more of an interesting test, just like we thought Tuesday uh, was as well. So a lot of things to look for, as you said. Um, I expect probably uh, – a similar rotation cycle uh, that Mike Woodson used on Tuesday. 
Um, it'll be interesting to see that if they're able to if they're able to sustain you know the the double digit lead like they did, like they couldn't do on Tuesday. Will we see some more guys? Will we see Anthony Leo? Will we see Christian Lander? Um, you know, how will those guys look when they get on the court? Um, so I'm just interested. You know, there's still a very new team that we have, and uh, there's just a lot of pieces, a lot of new things to talk about after each game, I feel like. So that's good because sometimes in the non-conference, you know, it's kind of like, all right, well, you know, they beat this team. They were supposed to beat them. What do we talk about? But with this team, there's just a lot of different interesting pieces and, uh, you know, like you said, a lot of cool things to look for. All right, talking with Dylan Wallace, IU basketball, the subject. You know, this Northern Illinois team, a lot like Eastern Michigan, they've got a new coach uh, this year, and I, I can't claim to know a lot about Washington. I intended to look up uh, where they are projected to finish in, in the Pac-12 conference this year. But, again, to go on the road and get a victory against the high major team that's bringing you in, that's stuff that uh, in college hoops you pay attention to. And also, I think I saw when the line opened for this game, and I don't know what it's what it's at right now, but it was like 24 points IU a favorite, and that really surprised me coming off the win uh, out in Washington, out in Seattle for Northern Illinois. Yeah, definitely, especially because I think they held them, you know, to a, a pretty poor three-point percentage as well, and, you know, obviously Indiana shot just 424, um, and, you know, what, what, what um, you know, Western Northern Illinois was able to do to Washington, uh, you know, they didn't make a lot of threes, and they and they made like 12 or 23 or something like that, uh, and so, you know, there's kind of a big discrepancy in terms of that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to look up the line right now. Indiana's, yeah, it's minus 25. Um, so, yeah, still a pretty big favorite, even after, you know, the Hoosiers kind of let some stuff slip away against Eastern Michigan and after Northern Illinois was able to beat Washington. So, yeah, it is it is sort of interesting that, it, that it's still so big. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of people are still pretty high on Indiana. Um, they probably did You know, and you just look across the Big Ten, and we saw it kind of everywhere on Tuesday and Wednesday, the team sort of struggling to – to kind of beat some of these schools, you know, Ohio State, they had a last second win against Akron, uh, Maryland just last night. I think they had a, they it came kind of came down to the wire for them in, in a game like this as well. So, you know, Nebraska lost uh, their first game due to a school like this. So, you know, we've seen it across the bit some of these Big 10 schools kind of struggling out of the gate, um, you know, struggling to put these teams away. So, um, I, but I, yeah, I mean, it, it, people are still pretty, I guess, optimistic that Indiana should be able to handle this game fairly easily. But uh, you know, with, with what Northern Illinois did, it might be more of a test than we thought, which is which is probably you know a, more than a good thing than it is a bad thing. You know, it'll be nice for you to get tested. I expect probably a little bit of a bigger crowd tonight, just because it's a Friday night. You know, it's the weekend; more people will come out and stuff like that. So, should be another good atmosphere in Assembly Hall as well. Texter writes in: Indiana does not have an easy one. Passing, cutting, and moving must happen uh, if they want to win. Speaking of all that stuff, uh, what are you expecting or what are you most, I guess, interested to see tonight? Maybe differences from game one to see uh, how the coaching staff adjusts as Christian Lander gets some playing time. Uh, just things you're, you're curious about here early on in some of these uh, non-conference games. Well, I'm curious if the players still are, are open to kind of getting up quick shots, getting up the threes that we saw early on in the game. You know, does the shooting percentage, because it was so poor, does that kind of come creep into their minds? Does it become a little bit less hesitant? You know, maybe I shouldn't take this shot. Because it was a lot more kind of free-flowing uh, early on in the game against Eastern Michigan. Things got tight, um, you know, a lot during the during the second half and all kind of that. But I'm curious to see if, if you know, their, their confidence is still there and they're, they're just kind of really ready to kind of let things fly, shoot the ball a little bit more. Um, and, you know, you obviously are, are always going to look to see, you know, if they can keep making, knocking down some threes as well. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I liked what I saw from from Rob Finnessy at, at points during the game. You know, I think he he showed a, a little bit more confidence. He he was a little bit more aggressive. But there was also some things with him where it felt like he still wasn't quite sure. Like, man, do I do I still let this fly? Or maybe he was trying too much to kind of just let it fly and took some some kind of uncontested shots. So. Um, yeah, but, but you know, I, I just thought the offense in general, um, you know, they obviously were pushing the pace, which is really good. When they're out in transition, I mean, this team looks like a really fun transition team. So that's good if they can get out in transition. But uh, I'm more interested in the, in the half court if we start to see some more sets. You know, Mike Woodson's always said the defense is more in front of the offense. Um, so, But he said, you know, we're starting to put some more sets in here. So will we see some more kind of defined offensive sets? that get good shots, that generate open looks, that, that involve a lot of different pieces, you know. So I'm curious to kind of see uh, just how the offense continues to look. I thought defensively they looked pretty solid against Eastern Michigan, especially in that, you know, those first 10 minutes, you know, they basically held them scoreless for the first seven minutes or so, and they were really locked in. And, uh, you know, toward the end of the game, I, I know Eastern Michigan, you know, ca- came back, but I still thought the defense in general was, was pretty okay. It was kind of the offense that, that had the issues, which – uh, you know, we've seen a lot from this team. So can, can they can they eliminate those scoring droughts as well? That's the big thing. You know, can you not go? You know, can you can you prevent the four minute scoring droughts that happen in a game? You know, those will be big for this team in Big Ten play as the season progresses, as you play bigger competition. Um, you know, so this, those are kind of the big things for me. You know, I know it's always good in some ways to have close and competitive games. I know fans uh, do not like those games, especially against these mid major teams coming to Bloomington, but. If Indiana can put some space between them and Northern Illinois and actually hang on to it in the second half, unlike they were able to do against Eastern Michigan, I'll be curious to see if a few additional players get some run, get some PT tonight. Yeah, I think I think that definitely should be the case. You know, if they're up, you know, twenty or so, and we're in the second half, and they've kind of sustained that lead the entire time. Um, I would certainly expect we'd see guys like Christian Lander, Anthony Leal kind of get in there and, and get some more run. You know, both those guys didn't play at all. Trey Galloway played a little bit. I actually played a decent amount, I guess, uh, against Eastern Michigan. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those those are kind of the two big guys is, is Lander and Leal. And, you know, what what do they look like? Does You know, Anthony Leal, you know, he came in as a heralded shooter. You know, can he help this offense in terms of shooting threes? Um, and then Christian Lander, you know, I think he's probably the thing that me people are most curious about. And people always, you know, where does he fit into that point guard rotation? Is he a guy that could that could share minutes with Rob Vinici and Xavier Johnson? Um, you know, the Tuesday night the answer was no, and we'll see tonight if if you know Mike Woodson thinks he 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 can come in and, and help the Hoosiers out. You know, will he play if it's a close game? Maybe not. If if he gets in when they're up by a lot, um, it'll be interesting to kind of see what he looks like. And then you know, there's some other players that would probably get some run as well. So. Uh, I think the biggest thing is just kind of the lineup combinations that people are looking at. You know, I think one time out there on Tuesday it was like Rob Finnessy and Trey Galloway and Race Thompson and Geronimo and, and maybe Xavier Johnson. You're kind of like, okay, there's not a whole lot of shooting on this on this offensive lineup. You know, what's gonna, how is it gonna work with each other, stuff like that. So there are a lot of interesting things to look out for. But yeah, I think you know if they're up by a lot, we certainly should see Lander or Leo unless they're dealing with some kind of injury we don't know about. Um, and you know, it's it's valuable for those guys to kind of get playing time during. This is the time to do it. You know, this is the time for guys to get game experiences in these games. And you know, when you can't hang on to a lead against a team like Eastern, Eastern Michigan and Northern Illinois. That might be a bit of a concern. So, you know, you hope Indiana can take care of business easily and we get those guys some some valuable experience in their second year here at Indiana. You know, the number one thing, Dylan, I hear about tonight's game has nothing to do with the lineup or Coach Woodson or anything else. It's 
Big Ten Plus. People want to know how you get it. Uh, why is it on Big Ten Plus and not on another station? You can get on regular, you know, some sort of streaming or normal television package. So tonight, for some fans, this will be uh, kind of the game for some. That it's reminiscent of the old days when you you didn't always have the ability to get IU games on television. Uh, you had to have the right cable package or you had to live in the right part of the state to get it. Uh, this is going to be the only game of the year on the schedule that I see where it's not going to be on a somewhat easy-to-access uh, television station, cable station. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's Big Ten Plus. You pay $10 for the subscription, and you can cancel it, you know, right away. After you watch this game, just go cancel it. It's $10 out of your pocket. You know, if you, you know, it's, it's not too big of a deal, I guess. But, yeah, you know, I think it's you – know, I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter lately about kind of the, the Big Ten student year or stuff like that, and people kind of upset about it, which you totally understand. I mean, no one wants to have to try to – pay to watch their favorite team play you know usually they're always on tv if you're in the area but you know coming from a the iu sports media department as a recent kind of graduate from there it is really cool for a student to be able to call an indiana basketball game a men's basketball game you know you just don't get that very often so you know one or two times every every november if the students are able to do that it's really cool and it's good for them and if people can you know want to buy it and, and watch it out it's always cool but you know i think there's also a cool thing uh that they're doing tonight where if you I think Indiana Basketball's Twitter account tweeted this out where you can, like, link the game with Don Fisher's radio um, call on it. So that's pretty cool. I know, obviously, a lot of Indiana fans, they might just turn on the radio anyways if they don't want to pay to watch the game and listen to just Don Fisher call it. But there is a way, I think, where they're going to sync it together. So that's a pretty cool thing, and I think a lot of fans are probably going to be interested to try to do that. So I think Indiana Basketball tweeted that out if you want to go look at that. Um, but, yeah, like, like you said, this is probably the only game that's going to happen this way. You know, obviously, once November rolls out, uh, they, they, the town competition picks up, so all the games will be on national TV. But yeah, just tonight, uh, you know, people might be following Twitter a little bit more. They might be, uh, you know, looking at Big Ten uh, tomorrow for the replay, or you know, looking at highlights or stuff like that for sure. I tell you what, I think tonight's game in some ways is crucial for IU to figure some additional things out because their next opportunity to play after tonight is November 17th, next Wednesday, as part of the Gavit Games, St. John's yep. will come to town. And that uh, I, I don't know that St. John's is going to have some great season in college hoops, but that's going should be, could be, a much more formidable challenge that would much be uh, more representative of what a Big Ten opponent could look like. Oh yeah, it definitely will be. You know, I feel like every January or February, it's a, it's a Saturday in college basketball, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, St. John's is beating Villanova at halftime, or St. John's just just knocked off, you know, this school in the Big East, something like that. You know, they're usually they're usually, you know, they might not be kind of the near the top of the Big East, but they're usually always pretty competitive and can give some teams some problems in conference play. So it's gonna definitely gonna be a more formidable opponent, as you said, for Indiana on Wednesday, uh, which is another reason why you just want to take care of business tonight. You want to keep that confidence going because Wednesday night's gonna be a, a much bigger game, so to say. You know, it's not as big as kind of the Marquette game was, uh, you know, a couple of years ago when Romeo was a freshman here and Assembly Hall was rocking. But I do expect it will probably be a pretty good crowd for the Big East opponent. And it's definitely going to be a, a little bit more of a challenge than Nina's faced. Um, so I think it will be good. You know, if your first two games are, okay, we didn't play too well, we had to make winning plays down the stretch, we had to defend, we had to score late possessions to win it out. And then your second game, which would be tonight, if you're able to just kind of blow the team out and you sort of have those two different types of games early on in your season – that, that's probably a good look at kind of where you are as a team and, and what you really want to work on and the different styles you can win basketball games with. So, um, you know, it might have been a blessing in disguise on Tuesday night, even though a lot of people were unhappy with kind of how it went how it went down the stretch. Um, but, yeah, if they're able to really take care of business tonight, kind of just handle things, blow them out, 
um, it'll be really good. And they'll be kind of just where everyone thought they would be, you know, heading into that Wednesday night against St. John. So uh, it's, it's an exciting time. You know, the, the, the opponents will kind of only get, only get tougher as the schedule ramps up. So uh, it's definitely a big game for them tonight to just take care of their business, keep, keep, keep learning how to play with one another, you know, you know, keep gaining that confidence that, you know, this, this should be a different team than last year. The last couple of years, this is a team that wants to, wants to win, that wants to learn how to win. Um, and tonight's a, a big step toward that. Dylan Wallace, he's sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. I want to talk some IU football with you as we close out your segment. Rutgers tomorrow, noon kickoff, so uh, an opportunity to get the, the football day started with IU. Uh, I don't know that you call any of these games at this point a must-win. I know a lot of IU fans would classify the Purdue game as a must-win, but here's my question for you, and it comes from the Thornton's text line. Brad writes, ask Dylan what IU needs to do at this point to salvage as much of the season as possible. Is it simply beat Purdue, or do they just use it the rest of the season to get a bunch of guys' experience? What, Dylan, your thoughts on, on that question? Well, I think based with what Tom Allen has been saying, I don't I don't think they're just going to pull the starters and play the young guys. I think they're going to continue to play their guys, um, even though a bunch of them are, are hurt anyways. Uh, but they're going to continue to play their starters, and you know they're going to try to just win out. You know, I think that that's a big way. You know, these are all winnable games. When we went into the preseason and the expectations were super high, this back half of the schedule was always the part where you're like, okay, even if you lose a couple early on to the Iowa, the Ohio State, you know, you have this back stretch of Rutgers, Minnesota, Purdue, you should be able to run through them and, and, you know, win out and you'll still be in pretty good position. Well, okay, the first half of the schedule went way worse than anyone expected. The Maryland game slipped away. Uh, that was sort of the really lost opportunity for this team to, to, to kind of keep their bull hopes alive uh, a couple weeks ago. And now, you know, you're, you're not bull eligible. Uh, you're not where you wanted to be. The fan base is down. The players are hurt. You know, mentally they're, they're not doing too well. So what can you do the rest of the season? You know, you got to come out and you got to beat Rutgers. You know, Minnesota is going to be, you know, playing for a better bowl game next week in Bloomington. You know, they'll be a formidable opponent. And then, you know, you obviously Purdue's had two, you know, top ten wins this season. They get a chance for another top five win this Saturday against Ohio State. Um, so that's not going to be a walkover game. So I think if you could win two of these last three tomorrow for sure, you should you should no doubt beat Rutgers. I mean, they – Indiana looks like the worst team in the Big Ten right now, but Rutgers probably is talent-wise. Um, so you hopefully Indiana can just take care of business tomorrow. Uh, you know Minnesota might be tough, but it's at home, so they they should be able to win that. And then Purdue, you know, to win that bucket game has always been a, a good moment. You know, you, you hate to think back of the old IU days where they're non-bowl eligible, but all you're looking forward to is well, hopefully they can just beat Purdue. But that's where we are this season is just hoping to to beat Purdue at the end of the end of the year, and it's in West Lafayette. Um, so you know, and, and Purdue's done a lot of really good things. So. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to say this season is, is a lost one, but, you know, I guess it kind of is. But there's still some momentum the program's trying to build, trying to take in uh, the rest of the way. We don't know who's going to play quarterback. Is it McCauley, Tuttle, Penix? They've all been practicing this week. Um, but I think, you know, as of the question that he asked, you know, you may as well just play McCauley the, the rest of the season, right? You know, he, he's the guy for the future. Um, you know, he, he, he looked good against Maryland. Um, you know, Michigan was was always going to be a tough place to play for a, a true freshman quarterback. You know, just just kind of let him grow these last three games and and kind of build his build his speed up. I guess his process to to become the starting quarterback in the future. Um, but yeah, I, we'll see. But you know, if they, if they can just win two of the last three, or maybe if they win all three, that'll be a, a really good kind of momentum builder. They'll 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 feel a little bit better themselves going into the off season. 
um, which is just kind of what this team needs. They just need to see a win. You know, maybe all they need to do is just beat Rutgers and, and things will feel a little bit better uh, for the program. So, you know, hopefully they turn it around tomorrow and they, they feel a little bit better about themselves because this is definitely a, kind of a hard pill to swallow this year. But you got to try to find some good things the rest of the way because it's going to be an important offseason for this team because there's still a lot of talent. A lot of talent's still going to be on it, and you got to kind of try to bounce back for next year. Yeah, no question. Going to be really interesting to see how things finish up for IU football. As I said earlier in the show, I think a lot of the fan interest has dissipated, especially now that basketball season is here. But uh, depending on how things go, some of these uh, happenings in the next couple of weeks I think could affect uh, how things go this off season and obviously for, for next season as well. Going to be really interesting to see if IU football can bounce back after a very, very tough season for Tom Allen uh, and his team. All right, Dylan Wallace, he's the sports editor at the Seymour Tribune, and he joins us Fridays on the program. Dylan, we appreciate you. We're glad basketball season is here. We're going to be able to talk some Hoosier Hills Conference hoops with you here in just a few weeks when the boys' games tip off. And as always, thanks for joining us here on this Friday show. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good weekend. All right. We will head to our final commercial break of the week. It's a quick one. And when we come back, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star joins. We'll get into some basketball, a little recruiting as well. A lot to cover here in this final go-around for the week. Kyle Neddenrip is next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back here on this Friday program. Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. And Kyle Neddenrip, a high school sports reporter and more for the Indianapolis Star with us here in this final segment each week. Kyle, I had on Brian Newbert earlier in the week. He's of goldenblack.com, one of the leading produced sites, to talk about Trey Kaufman-Wren and the decision. It was announced on Tuesday, I believe, that he would redshirt this season. But that has obviously been – Big news here in southern Indiana. So many followers of Silver Creek and all the success they've had. And obviously people want to see Trey Kaufman Wren do well at the college level. Were you surprised by that decision that he is going to sit out this season, heal his hand, and get some playing time or some practice time and experience through that regard as a player for next year? A little bit, yeah. I kind of heard that could be a possibility, but still, you know, when you're talking about a guy who, uh, you know, accomplished everything he did at the at the high school level, and obviously he's one of the guys we always talked about as a, you know, Mr. Basketball possibility, and came up just short of that, obviously, to Caleb Purse. But, you know, with the, I think if you looked at the, the, the total scenario there with, with who Purdue has on the roster, you know, it starts to make some sense. It makes some sense from the, you know, like you said, the injury recovery standpoint as well. But, but uh, you know, it's not something you, you know, redshirting is not something I think that's probably real appealing to a lot of kids coming out of high school who have those type of accolades. But, you know, I think, you know, as we got to learn, Trey's a little bit different type of a kid too. So, you know, I, I guess to answer your question, I'm, I'm sort of not answering it, but I was, I'm sort of, you know, between, I guess, because I knew that was, you know, something that could happen, but, 
you know, it's it's kind of a rarity anymore, and I, I think it will benefit him and and Purdue obviously, or they wouldn't be doing it. But um, but I think it's going to be you know ultimately it's going to be a, a positive. You know, you just don't see a lot of players coming out of high school that were as regarded as what Trey was go the red shirt option. Normally they want to speed things up almost in reverse of that, it seems. So very interesting. Right. And I thought it was interesting talking to Brian earlier in the week, and I know you've gotten to know Trey as well, but he called him very thoughtful and maybe one of the most uh, thoughtful players. Uh, and he's just going into his freshman year at Purdue that he's ever interviewed and, and been around. And so Trey is kind of doing things his way, and I, I greatly respect that. Yeah, I do too. I, I, you know, and I completely agree. Uh, I, that's something that struck me. I think I've actually talked to Brian about that before. But you know, when you interview Trey, you know, you're, you know, even if you're in a group setting or one on one, you know, you're going to get an answer that's uh, maybe a little bit more thought out. You know, sometimes you can you can kind of read kids that they're you know, they're listening to you, but you know they're sort of regurgitating uh, you know answers or you know, kind of just, uh, you know, flying off the top of their head, which I would probably do too. But, you know, he, he definitely, you know, puts a lot of thought into his answers. His, his, uh, you know, his, 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 uh, interviews are very well thought out. Um, so he is, he's, it's a, you know, he's kind of a different type of a person that way, which I think it's cool. But, uh, yeah, I think that's all part of this, uh, decision. And, you know, even the fact that he went to Purdue, you know, from Southern Indiana is, is sort of different in itself. So, you know, it's uh, it'll be interesting to track. You know, obviously he can play. You know, he's a, he's a very good player. But you know, having an extra year now to kind of you know assess things from you know the the redshirt perspective, I think will obviously you get stronger physically. But I think even from a mental standpoint, it'll help him down the road. Uh, Kyle, getting ready for the high school basketball season with teams practicing this week for the first time officially. Uh, you wrote about your opinion of the top twenty-five players in the 2022 class here in state which are seniors I think Will Loving's Watts was the highest guy from our area at number 11 on your list but as I scroll down through your list uh, Jalen Washington from Gary Westside is one he obviously is committed to North Carolina Fletcher Lawyer at Homestead a Purdue recruit he's two CJ Gunn who just signed with IU the other day three uh, just another star-studded class that's coming together that when you think about great senior classes in our state, I don't know that they reach up to some of the levels we've had in recent years, but this should be a really solid class and a really good year once again led by some of these seniors in high school hoops. Yeah, I feel like this class has sort of been you know overlooked a little bit by 21, but you know all along I felt like this was a pretty pretty solid class too. Uh, the next couple classes are a little bit more of a question mark. I think 23 is shaping up to be, you know, a little bit better, um, you know, maybe than we thought it would be. And then 24 is, is a huge question mark. And it always, it always sort of is when you're looking at, you know, freshmen going to sophomore year, we don't know, you know, at least I don't know. I don't, I don't track freshmen who don't play a lot of varsity for sure. But, uh, um, but, but, you know, I think 24, just from a, a broad perspective, is is a little bit light uh, from what we've seen so far. But this 22 class, you know, as you start to go down the list, it's a class that was shaped partly by the pandemic. You know, because a lot of these kids weren't able to play. You know, none of them were able to play last year really in front of uh, coaches. And then, you know, for a lot of them, they either committed early, which was the case with you know Fletcher Lawyer. Uh, to Purdue and, and gun to IU, um, you know, Tate Davis committed early to Louisville, uh, 
you know, and some were a little bit later, like Washington and, and Smith and some of those guys. But then you go down the list a little bit farther, and, you know, Connor Essigan from uh, Central Noble, uh, Ryan Conwell from Pike are two guys that I think are, you know, pandemic recruits, basically. You know, they didn't have hardly any offers at all and then sort of exploded and ended up, you know, Essigan to Wisconsin and uh, Conwell to uh, South Florida. In uh, Conwell, especially, he didn't have any Division One offers as of you know, late June, basically, and then you know got a lot. You know, I think he had at least twelve or something, twelve to fifteen, something like that. So, you know, it's a it's an interesting class in that regard. And Pete Suter, I talked to him the other day from Carmel. Uh, he was even more so uh, hurt by an injury in addition to the pandemic, and he, you know, he's actually going to wait and uh, you know kind of see what the season brings. He does have some offers, but now he's going to you know, kind of just play through the season and, and see what happens. So, you know, it's it's a, it's a class that was definitely affected, you know, maybe you could even say maybe even more so than the 21 class and also by the uh, transfer portal. You know, they're, you know, this is a class that's also shaped by the transfer portal and, and you know, trying to get recruited, um, you know, aside from the uh, portal. So, uh, you know, that it's interesting. I, I think, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with, uh, you know, some of these guys who aren't committed and, I think there's some other players in this class who could end up on this, uh, you know, top 25 list as well. But it is a pretty good class. It's fairly deep, uh, maybe not as deep as last year, but I would say overall a very uh, solid, very good class. I would say. All right, Kyle Nedrip, the Indianapolis Star. We've got a couple minutes left, just enough time for you to take us through maybe some of the top high school football regional championship matchups tonight. Yeah, well, I would say you know it's maybe not as interesting overall of a night as last week. I thought the sectional championship games were, there's so many uh, awesome games last week. Uh, But we do have some big ones here. And I would say probably starting with Brownsburg and uh, Ben Davis, Uh, that's uh, Brownsburg hasn't won a regional since 1985. So uh, sort of a chance for them. They've never beaten Ben Davis in, in the tournament game. So this is a chance for them, probably the favorite because they are, they beat them during the season. Uh, but then you also have Center Grove, <laughs> Center Grove lurking out there uh, playing Lawrence North tonight, and, and Center Grove will be a big favorite in that game. Uh, you know, but uh, so so I think everything is sort of filters to Center Grove. You know, and, and you can Ben Davis or Brownsburg beat them. I, I would doubt it, but uh, a chance to at least have that opportunity for one of those teams, whoever wins that game tonight. Uh, else, elsewhere, I would say probably. Uh, you know, New Pal Cathedral in 5A uh, is is a big one. Uh, Cathedral, I think, pretty probably heavily favored, but you know, New Pal beat them two years ago on the way to the state championship. Cathedral will be looking to sort of avenge that loss uh, from then, and then probably 4A is one of the bigger. You know, Ron Colley and Mount Vernon have played each of the last two years and have split those two games in the regional. So uh, Ron Colley trying to repeat as 4A champions and have to go through Mount Vernon, who's 11-1, and one, and, uh, you know, should have some confidence that, you know, they'd beaten them two years ago and, and have a lot of players back uh, from who played a lot uh, the last couple of years. So, you know, that's a big one in 4A. And then, uh, you know, there's some there's a lot of good games tonight around the state. Uh, you know, I would say, you know, probably even uh, yeah, Eastbrook and Eastside up in the Fort Wayne area in Class 2A, that could you know, that's, that's a one versus three uh, type of game. So that's a big one. And then Luther and our, uh, our lone uh, 1A team around here that's still playing goes to Park Heritage over in Rockville, and that should be a really good game at the uh, small school level. So 
there are some good games. There's maybe uh, maybe a little bit uh, you know fewer than last week, but uh, should should be a great night of football. Kyle Nedenrip with the Indianapolis Star. Kyle, thank you. He's always with us Fridays here on the show. Have a great weekend. IU basketball tonight. IU football on Saturday. We're back with you Monday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.